Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Good evening, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fin Side with Kat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan sided network and finfanatic.com. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. The Dolphins lose 33 to 17 to the San Francisco 49ers, a Jimmy Garoppolo less San Francisco 49ers team, instead led by Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy. So I am glad we are doing this episode one day after i've had a chance to cool off a little bit after spewing venomous hate all night on twitter <laughs> some of some of those posts i had to delete or didn't have to i just felt that i've learned my lesson um but so paul let me let me let me start out just by taking an optimistic viewpoint here of the dolphins yeah. okay? optimism's my bag but go ahead okay so Nobody likes to lose, but no. if the Dolphins beat the Chargers here on primetime this this Sunday, just that game, um, they're going to have they've basically gotten the they, they've, they've basically gotten into the postseason. You're talking about over 95 percent chance to win um, or to get into the postseason. And you also. Uh, they also solidify that they're going to be able to go into Buffalo the following week, which is now a Saturday night game, um, and at least have the chance to win that game and be atop the AFC East. So I don't want to say that yesterday's game didn't matter, but I do think that regardless of how the Dolphins finish out, I just feel like at the end of the year, we may be looking back at this game and saying it didn't really shift the season one way or another. No, it, it it's. I don't feel like this is this was a break game. Um, this this was a week where, let's face it, down the stretch here, with who Miami is facing, uh, which we've got more to get into with that as well. The two games where if you're going to lose a game, that are most affordable to do so, were this week at San Francisco, and Christmas Day against Green Bay. Those because they don't have playoff implications other than that one win or that one loss in the winner loss column. And at the end of the day, like you said, simplifying it down a little bit, you win the next two weeks, no matter what else happens, you're back on top of the AFC East period. Yeah, that, that's true. And so there is the, 
optimistic part. Now, um, I will say that after Jimmy Garoppolo went down yesterday, you know, the Dolphins had a seven to nothing, seven to nothing lead at the beginning, thanks to a 75 yard touchdown and run from Trent Sherfield. Great play. And then it's seven to three and Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt and the Dolphins are getting the ball back. And I'm looking at this game thinking Dolphins are going nine and three here. I, I, I don't see them losing this game with Brock Purdy um, throughout the rest of the game. The major, I mean, look throughout the rest of the first half two it just looked off. I mean, just, I mean, the, the, the second drive, he misses Jalen Waddle by, by, by 10 yards and then the following pass, he he one hops it to him on on a pass where Waddle's wide open. Based on this game, it looked like Tua and Waddle never played football together. Um, it, I mean, there were a lot more too, um, not just the second drive, the third drive. Uh, he had Waddle uh, Waddle had a step on a on a deep pass. He missed him too. Fourth drive, he threw the ball downfield. It was too. It would have been a great catch by Waddle, but it was too tall for him. And then a couple of drives later. It was high and away, Mrs. Waddle along the sideline. I mean, ooh, it, it got ugly. Now, the good news, though, is I, I tend to think this is an aberration. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. It, it's Tua had an off day. And let's face it, we talked to ourselves off the air a little bit about this. Uh, it's no secret the Dolphins had wide receivers running wide open all day long what happened on that first drive in all honesty could have happened on at least half the other drives that Miami had if Tua's accuracy was there now was missing Teron Armstead putting a little bit of the jitter jumps into Tua's step I don't know throwing his timing off I don't know but at the same time you still got to play through those things and end of the day it's the lion's share of plays we've seen from Tua this year show him to be exactly what Tyreek Hill said, the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. He just had an off day yesterday. If he's going to have an off day this season or the rest of the way, I would rather it was yesterday than next week or the week after or in the playoffs. Let you know, it's every now and then you have to have like you just have a terrible day that you have to put behind you. And that's a two ahead yesterday. And that was what lost us the game. It wasn't on the defense. Uh, it wasn't Brock Purdy. It wasn't the receivers. It really wasn't the offensive line either overall. Uh, it, it was two was inaccuracy shifted the entire course of this game yesterday. And that's not a common thread for him. And I'm not stressed about it. I had some choice words for the defense after the game. I've softened my stance uh, a little bit today now that I've rewatched uh, rewatched the game, um, and, and made some notes here. I'm still not blown away by their performance on defense, but, um, I have softened myself a little bit there. Um, and you're right too, with the offensive line. I, I think that was the thing is that Tua came into this game. He was, he was jacked up. It was an emotional game with, you know, his mentor, Mike McDaniel coming in there and, and playing against the 49ers and going up against the number one defense and he just missed some passes. I mean, they could have embarrassed I, the number one defense. They really like everything was yeah. there to embarrass the number one defense, not beat them, embarrass them. Yeah. They, their receiving core 
had at least one or two guys running free and open on almost every play. I uh, posted a screenshot of Tua's quarterback rating after the touchdown pass to Trent Shurfield for the season, 117.2. To put that in perspective, there have been three players in NFL history for a season to have a, a quarterback rating for the year over 117.2. Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning, and still Nick Foles. But uh, three players in NFL history. Yeah, uh, now Nick, is Nick, it was an abbreviated season, remember? Uh, it, it was, but he has about the same amount of, of throws that Tua has. I think I think he has the exact amount that that Tua has. Anyway, um, yeah. But here here's the other thing about it too, and, and this this is what really was frustrating as far as the game was concerned. Is you know the Dolphins are down twenty three to ten here at the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter. Then they put together the seventy five yard drive with the long catch, the long touchdown by by Tyree Kill. And right then I'm thinking, okay, we're coming back in this. We're going to win this game here. Dolphins force the 49ers to punt. They get the ball back. They, they convert a couple of uh, third and fourth downs. They're driving down the field. They've got another 50, 60 yard drive going. I'm thinking this is it. Mike Kosicki catches a pass along the sideline and does the only time in two games his numbers called does not come down with it. It was overturned and it should have been overturned. I really think if Mike Kosicki comes down with that catch, the Dolphins are ending up 24-23. And then you've got two and a half, three minutes left, and Brock Purdy's got the ball needing to get a field goal, which I don't think he would have gotten. Coulda, woulda, shoulda, I know, but the yeah. Dolphins were finally humming on offense. But at the same time, it's I believe there was one or two inaccurate or drop passes before that that, that led to the forced play. With, with Mike Gasicki and let's face it, Fred Warner had beautiful coverage on Gasicki on that play. And Gasicki made a superhuman effort trying to pin the ball to his helmet on the way down with one, with his one free hand. So it's in reality, two or through for almost 300 yards yesterday on a terrible off day. And if he hit what was there, like, and I'm not saying everything that was there, but those plays where you saw him overthrow players that were wide open or underthrow or throw it just outside of their catch radius. We're probably talking about a 500 yard, five touchdown day for two here. It's if he was at, if he was anywhere near his normal accuracy yesterday uh, on those 15 passes that were incomplete, he literally, if he completed half of those remaining passes, those were wide open receivers with a lot of room for yards after the catch. And yeah, yeah, they were. It's if we're talking about something where just fixing one little thing that is normally a strong point for Tua, if that fixing that one little thing were, were to turn into a 500 yard, five touchdown blowout of a day against the league's number one defense, I'm not complaining, especially when it's something that is normally. 95% of the time, a gigantic strength for that player. And yeah, I, it sucks, it, but it is what it is. Now, one thing I want to go back to, too, because we talked about the offensive line and if he had the yips because of it, Miami did a big move today that improves the offensive line drastically, especially once Teron Armstead's back in the lineup, and that's the signing of Eric Fisher to come in and play tackle in Miami, which is huge. 
It's somebody we both wanted and somebody that shores that position up completely in a way that Austin Jackson could only dream about, that Brandon Shell could only dream about. And to have him and Teron Armstead as bookends, and not only that, Eric Fisher, you've got to remember, he's two years removed from a Pro Bowl season where he had a torn Achilles, and he's only 31 years old. So he could have legitimately three to five years of production in front of him if this works out. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I I would be shocked if he had that much production in front of him still. I think he's he's had a lot of injuries recently. I love the signing, though. Three Um, years is not a Herculean effort counting this season. Yeah, he, he's he's declined a lot, but he's still you're talking about a former Pro Bowl player and first overall pick of the draft here. And just if, if you're telling me that the, that Eric Fisher can play like Colts last year, even which was not at a great level, but it was at an average level. It was a much higher level than anything we've seen this season at right tackle. Uh, I, I, nah, I, 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 maybe, maybe it is. But no, I no, I think Bra- I I disagree. I think Brandon Shell had another really good game yesterday. In fact, I think Greg I think Greg Little had a good game yesterday. He did. But and I think a big part of just just capitalizing on what you said there before, which I think is is hundred percent correct, is is he thought I I really think Tua thought, man, it's going to be a long day with Nick Bosa going up against these tackles, and they they used Durham Smythe a lot to stay in and block. They chipped with Ingle. They did, they did a good job on Bosa from that that aspect as far as getting constant pressure. Bosa still ends the day with three sacks, but I don't pin those on the tackles. I pin them on uh, Jeff Wilson completely whiffing on the entire game, but on the block too. You know, it, it, when when he just really had to get in the guy's way to slow him down. Connor Williams was late getting over to block Bosa when he stunted inside, and then another one. Brandon Shell allowed the sack technically. But he blocked it correctly, and basically Tua ran into him. So I don't blame the tackles for what happened yesterday. But no, I'm happy happy that they signed Eric Fisher. Great fit in the scheme too. Yeah, and 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 really the you know at least two of the times they got to Tua, it was on a pretty dynamic stunt. Um, you know where uh, Boza basically you know had a twist or or came through in a spot that was unexpected. So I, I'm not blowing it up about the offensive line yesterday in reality. But you, like you said, Jeff Wilson had a no good, horrible, terrible, bad day yesterday, which was unfortunate. Maybe he was pushing too hard against his former team. It's, it's not synonymous with what we've seen from him thus far. Uh, I, I went so far after watching him fall down on, on, the, on the interception as going like, Jesus, it's like he's still playing for San Francisco just in a Miami uniform. Um, but 
yeah. I'm not, I, I, I still love Jeff Wilson being in Miami. And I think he's 100% an explosive back that could do a lot of good things for us down the stretch. Yeah. He's had two bad games in a row, but overall is still a good player. Uh, but ooh, this was, this was terrible. Well, mm-hmm. first off one carry for three yards for Jeff Wilson. I mean, look, I'm not saying that the Dolphins. we've talked about the temptation for when receivers are white running wide open all game to pull it back and take shots down the field. And Hey, that's worked well for the dolphins this year. Um, but eight, eight rushes all game. Oof. I mean, maybe, maybe get a few more in there. Um, but Jeff Wilson, one carry for three yards. He had a long dropped pass that would have very comfortably gone for 20 plus yards. Um, he had that, he had the whiff block on Bosa and most importantly, like you said, on the interception with, uh, with Tua, he falls down and Jimmy Ward intercepts the pass first interception of Tua in like what, 193 attempts. So yeah, bad day. And just speaking offensively in general, yeah, I'm, I'm mad with the way the game turned out, but I also don't think the 49ers necessarily exposed anything. If they did, I would be thinking completely differently about this. I don't think they exposed anything. I think wide receivers were running wide open like they usually do. And they were just missed in the, in the first three quarters. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the only thing they exposed really was actually really two things. Like if you can hopefully set off a few fire alarms and force two to have a completely inaccurate day, that'll stop the dolphins. But or slow them down even I won't I can't say stop they still put up 17 points almost 300 yards passing on a day that Tua was horribly inaccurate um it, or I've seen a few times this year where that stunt with Boza has worked very effectively and believe it or not even though I think he's having a Pro Bowl caliber season it seems to be to Rob Hunt's side when they 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 run that sl- that stunt from from the defensive end position, um, that it seems to be effective. So I think that's something that the O line coach needs to work on with Rob Hunt. But other than that, it's he doesn't really have many holes in his game. And no, they didn't they didn't expose anything. They exposed like, hey, you better hope two is inaccurate if you can't cover these guys. Um, and even though they didn't run the ball, they only ran the ball eight times. Raheem Mostert averaged 4.3 yards per carry. Like, and it should have been more because he had a, what, a 20-yard run call back mm-hmm. on a hold by Robert Hunt that was not a hold. It was nowhere close to a hold. And, yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to get into the business of blaming refs. No. For, for the, because the refs, I, I, the refs didn't lose this game. No, they, they, they didn't. There were there was that one. And then there was the pass interference on Xavier Howard, which I thought was real ticky tack. And then Cater Kohu is, that was an abysmal call. Yeah. That, I mean, Cater Kohu was abysmal and ticky tack, but unfortunately was textbook enough that I can understand them calling it, even though I don't really like it. Okay. Okay. Maybe I need to rewatch that. That I, I I thought it was pretty egregiously bad, but I mean, you, you, he, you've he probably seen the down. play more than me, though. So. He, he had a hold of that and turned him a little bit um, before the ball got there. It, it's a very, very weak textbook call on that one. Yeah. Um, the others yeah, I'm 100% and, with you on. Yeah. Yes. And uh, just, you know, to 
to piggyback there, uh, if you look at after the first three drives where the Dolphins had a touchdown, a punt, and a field goal, off to a good start, 10, 10 points in the first the three drives. They went three and out, three and out, interception, interception. So if you want to point to where the game got out of control, that was it. Um, but a major point with the offense too, Paul, is Tua Tungavailoa has two primetime games coming up. It looks three, like three nationally televised in a row, really. Yep. Because yes. he's got the two primetime games because of flex scheduling, and then the Christmas Day game where they're the only one o'clock game that's on TV. Yep, it's going to be fantastic. And uh, so he's going to have an opportunity to redeem himself, and I absolutely Ooh. think that he will. And Brett, Brett brought this up just while we were – just before we move on from the officials. That tripping call was very ticky-tack and gave the Niners new life on that drive. On, on Ingram, are you talking about? Yeah, I mean – Yeah. It's, it's technically <laughs> yes, but it's – when he's trying to pull back and the guy has a hold of him and his leg came up, which I think he knew what he was doing, but it wasn't some blatant leg whip. Um, and really, if anything, it should have been offsetting penalties on that one uh, because he was egregiously held. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and he really stuck his leg up well before the ball carrier went through. So it's not like he just, stuck his leg out at the last second and not, yeah, yeah I thought there was that, yeah. that kind of stuff happens on just about every down. I mean, and, and I felt like they got penalized often for stuff that happened in every down yeah. uh, in, in, in the national football league. So anyway, I, again, refs, not the reason the dolphins lost the game. They lost to a third string quarterback should not have happened. Um, but I'm still very hopeful of the offense here moving forward uh, on the defensive side of the ball. You know, I, 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 I think I dogged the defense so much after the game because I just expected them to dominate the 49ers once Brock Purdy got in there. And Purdy, Purdy played a good game. I mean, he, he had four or five passes and really, really tight coverage. That was impressive. I mean, I'm not trying to make the argument that you should not have smacked this guy around. But, yeah, Kyle Shanahan had this guy ready. I mean, so... Yeah, I mean, but I mean, in reality, you look at the Dolphins run defense, Jordan Mason gashed him a little bit, but outside of one run by McCaffrey for 30 yards, he had 16 carries for 36 yards. Now he, he had some receptions, which let's face it, Christian McCaffrey is a threat receiving the ball out of the backfield, but nobody had over a hundred yards receiving. You basically shut down George Kittle in this one. Um, Debo Samuels had a couple of critical catches, but he only had 58 yards on the day. Brandon Ayuk only had 46. Like, you didn't get torn up by the San Francisco offense in this one. You really didn't, and especially in a game where Miami's offense was struggling so horribly, that's when you tend to see defenses fall apart, when they have to keep coming back out after three and outs, and they're on the field so much more than the offense that's when you see the wheels come off and I'm going to be honest here. They did not really lose the game for this team in any way. And I didn't have a problem with, I can't pick out a player on defense that I truly had a problem with where there's some little moments here and there that are going to happen in every single game. Absolutely. Landon Roberts had one where he decided all his job was, was to take on the blocker and not make a tackle, but 
again, he also had a lot of good plays in this one. Christian Wilkins played out of his mind in this game. Zach Sealer played out of his mind in this game. Jalen Phillips continued to be a bright and shining beacon. Zimmer had a good game yet again. Um, I Bradley Chubb had a good game. The secondary had a good game other than a couple of ticky-tack penalties. Like, the defense overall, we can complain, but we're just dealing with a loss at that point and not actually making a real point. I'll agree with you on the defensive line and on the secondary. I thought the linebackers had a bad game, uh, especially in the fourth quarter. Uh, you, If you look at that 33-yard run. By oh, yeah, Christian, they over-pursued, trying to make something happen 100%. Yeah, right. And they got completely washed out. And uh, yeah, they had a rough fourth quarter. So, uh, but other than that, yeah, and linebacker, other than linebacker, after rewatching the game, didn't have a huge problem. I, I thought Trent Williams got the better of Bradley Chubb, even though Chubb had a sack and almost had a second one. But Trent Williams is the best left tackle in the NFL, in my opinion, by a wide margin. He got so, a sack, almost got a second one, and forced Trent Williams into a holding penalty that would have been a third. Like, yeah, he, he had some plays. He had mm-hmm. some plays on there. And he, he I, actually had some good plays in coverage. Um, yeah, I mean, I I don't think he provided consistent pressure, but I'm not going to dog Bradley Chubb yeah. for that. I mean, that's he. I mean, he, who's he going up against next week? Uh, Trey Pipkins for the for the Chargers. You better throw him around like a rag doll next week. I, I hear uh, Pipkins and I hear it in a British accent. I'm not going to lie. I don't know why. It just sounds like a British word. Yeah, this man, this this Dolphins defense sounds like a British snack. Actually, <laughs> it does. I'm gonna go out and have some Pipkins. Pip, Pipkins Farms. <laughs> the um, I don't even know. If, did he go just going? He may have just gone on injury reserve. I don't. Know, I I'm way behind on depth charts. Um, but um, yeah. I mean, Christian Wilkins didn't he have uh, double digit solo tackles in this game? I'm pretty sure. Let me pull that right back up again. And, and then my my uh, buddy, a real good buddy, 49ers fan, called me and said, you know who's an unbelievable player? And he said, yeah, he had 12 tackles. And, and I, I think it's the first time in a while that an, an interior defensive lineman has had double-digit tackles by himself. And uh, He and Jerome Baker ones. combined for 24 tackles and a half sack. Yeah, um, man. Yeah, the Dolphins had four sacks on the day. Melvin Ingram has another one. He's got six. Bradley Chubb got another one. He's up to eight. Um, Phillips uh, had a half sack, so four and a half on the year from him. And he got so close, Phillips did, so many times. Um, went up against Mike McGlinchey. I, I thought that was a good matchup for McGlinchey because McGlinchey struggles more with power, which we saw when Melvin Ingram pushed him back to the pocket. Um, so overall, I, I still like – I got I got I got to say this is there anybody that makes more out of limited opportunities than Andrew Van Ginkle right now? Oh yeah, he's he's playing he's starting to play like he did a couple of years ago now. Now that he's been back he, he got a sack in this game. He had an interception the game before and then to, uh against the Bears the week before that, yeah, he had he had the the fumble recovery for a touchdown. So he's making big play after big play, at least one in every game. So we, hopefully he keeps that up. Um you know, I, I, I would say that with the defense in the final, what, 32 minutes of the game, they gave up three drives that were 10 or more plays. So three long drives with Brock Purdy out there on the field. 
that's what I was hoping was not going to happen because you start doing that. Then you're, you're taking away possessions from the offense to get caught up. And eventually the dolphins ran out of offensive possessions and then everything started to fall apart from there. But um, Paul, let's get to the grades here. Quarterback to a tongue of Ilo, I'm going to throw it to you. Oh, actually Tua and Skylar Thompson. If you want to count that, who I'm not counting that. Yeah, I, I won't either. It's 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 weird with Tua in this one. He was to me ninety five percent of why we lost this game. Uh, his surprising inaccuracy that I expect to see fully corrected for next week, uh, which is one of the biggest strengths in his game, wasn't there. Uh, I'm not going to beat a dead horse. We've talked about it at length already in this episode, but at the same time, he still put up. Th- almost 300 yards, two touchdowns, including a beautiful long bomb to Tyreek Hill uh, that had a lot of mustard on it going down that field. But again, it's, it's, we needed the accuracy dialed in and we needed it dialed in sooner. And for some, for how wide open the wide receivers were running in this one, you could have taken a little something off to make sure you got it where it needed to be and still got it, gotten it done on most plays. And he didn't adjust. He kept trying to do the same thing over and over again. Uh, I'm going to give Tua a higher grade than people probably expect, but it's still a bad grade. And that's, I'm going to give him a D plus in this game. That, that's exactly what I had to. Um, um, a D plus. And, and I, sadly, too, if the Dolphins do convert that fourth and three, or any I, third down, any third down. Yeah, ever, yeah, that's which is the strength well, of this team. Yeah, they started off zero for five on on third down, um, and that that was big. And there were receivers open. And to me, his grade in the first three quarters was an F, except for one throw over the middle to up until two minutes left in 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 the third, because that was yeah. I think it was around then that he hit Tyreek. Right. Yeah. That that's that's when that drive started. So yeah, yeah, we'll 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 go with that. Uh, cause I, I really felt like it's starting in that drive here. We, if, if he had started the game like that and played like that and, and in, in the first half, this would have been a convincing dolphins victory, but it was not to be so <clears throat> yeah. Hearts great a little bit for somebody who threw for 299 yards and two touchdowns, but, um, I don't fully blame him for one of the interceptions. Uh, the other one to Tyree kill was terrible. Uh, that that was where he was wide open for an easy pass on the sideline. He threw it and barely hit him. And Tyreek Hill stuck his hand down and ricocheted, and it was intercepted. Um, yeah, Tua's worst game of the year, D plus. And hey, I think Tua's coming back strong over the next couple of weeks. I know you do too. Yeah, um, running back, I mean, look, Raheem Mostert. If 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 that run. Um, isn't called back that uh, on that BS call on, on, on Robert Hunt, you're talking about him just with what he had averaging, but probably seven yards of carry uh, on or at least six yards of carry that gets called back. And then they just completely abandoned the running game from there. Jeff Wilson had a terrible, terrible game, had the drop uh, fell down on to his interception, which at least he could have prevented it, even if he wasn't going to be a great throw. And one carry for three yards, terrible blocking. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
doesn't make up for the rest of it. And there's not enough to judge off of. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with a D plus for the running backs too. I'm going to go with a C minus here. Jeff Wilson. Uh, I'm, I'm going to actually, I'm going to match you on the D plus Jeff Wilson had such a horrible day. Raheem Mostert had 4.3 yards per carry with very limited um, opportunity, as you pointed out. <clears throat> and it's, it really sucks because of that call back on a phantom holding penalty. But all in all, I'll match you on the D-plus there. Uh, Ingold uh, did well, so that, that might lift the grade up a little bit or probably should. I, but he had a critical a... drop on, a, on an accurate pass as well. Yeah, are you talking about the one along the sideline that could have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was put out there a little bit, but he he, he still should have caught it. That's true. Um, I do like though that the looks that they give were hey, if you've got Tyreek and Waddle getting so much attention, d- dump the ball underneath. Take 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 what's there more often. So, uh, um, receiver and tight end, Paul, throw it back to you. I thought Durham Smythe had a pretty decent day overall, even though it didn't show up in, in the stat sheet. I thought receivers were running wide open all day. Uh, they made Herculean efforts to try to get to the ball a few times. Believe it or not, I can give the receiver position an A- minus here. It, it's They made the most of a very little, even though uh, Jalen Waddle failed to show up, and I don't think that was all Tua in this one. It sounds like he was dealing with something health-wise, even though I haven't seen a lot about what that was. Yeah, he was playing with an ankle injury. Yeah. And one thing to me is is clear seeing this year is that Jalen Waddell, at this point in his career, is not great playing through injuries. Um, there were, you know, the games that they lost earlier, at, you know, the Jets and the Vikings game, he was playing through injuries in that game too, especially the Jets game where he should not have been out there. Um, and yeah, one catch for nine yards, but also, I can't dog Waddle all that much because I felt he was open a lot. Now, Tua also made some comments in a very Tua-like way that implied that the receivers and he were not on the same page. There were some miscommunications where when where to break off routes. That's something that I expect to get corrected. But um, you know, Waddle was open a lot. Terry Kill. I mean, it's it, it's it's funny that we don't even talk about Hill as much as we should probably the guy has 96 catches for almost 1400 yards. We had five games left to play. That's insane. And he had the long catch. So you've got that and you've got Trent Sherfield, one catch for 75 yards. Also a, a, a did have a drop uh, on a play that was overturned too, but still the 75 yarders should have, should have given the dolphins more momentum in the first half than it did. Uh, Smythe had the 19 yard catch also blocked really well. Mike Kosicki had his number dialed up once. Yeah, it would have been a tough catch, but the game's on the line. You got to come down with that cleanly. Um, I'll go with a B plus. Um, offensive line now. Um, again, it's for only rushing eight times for uh, what thirty something yards and allowing three sacks to Nick Bosa. It 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 sounds like this offensive line had a terrible day i actually thought the worst play was connor williams uh, in, in this one just just for this game here because he was late picking up some stunts happened two or three times one time with with bosa uh was a big play there everyone expected greg little and brandon shell to, to play terrible um greg little had seven 37 reps in pass protection did not allow a sack a hurry or a hit and brandon shell allowed 
one quarterback pressure, um, one hurry, and one sack. And the sack, I don't even blame him for. Um, Robert Hunt, I thought had a had a um, still a solid day, and uh, should not have been penalized for that one. So, you know, any pressure that got to Tua, I felt was schematic and was a result of of of. of running backs and tight ends with the offensive line, not picking enough up enough blitzes. So it's kind of, kind of difficult to grade this, but the offensive line, I don't have a problem with, I'm going to go with a B. I'm going to go with a B. Yeah. I'm going to go with a B as well. It would have been higher if the dolphins were able to establish the run in this one, which I don't really have an issue with the way the line run blocked in this one, but it just never materialized throughout the game. So I'll match you on the B there. I'll let you go first on the D line as well. Yeah, D-line, um, Wilkins played out of his mind, like you said. Zach Sealer had a really good game. Um, if you take out Christian McCaffrey's 33-yard run at the end, which you can't completely take it out because it was the run that iced the game. But when we're talking about down in and down out, I thought the run defense was its usual solid self. I think it's something – I think it's the thing we can predict most easily on this team – that Zach Sealer, Christian Wilkins, and Raekwon Davis are going to be really good against the run. Um, and uh, at the edge spots, Phillips was so close but didn't get home a lot. Um, Bradley Chubb, like I said, had, had a few big plays or it was close, but uh, overall I didn't think he, he provided as much pressure. But again, again he went, went against Trent Williams. So Zimmer needs to be in there instead of John Jenkins. John Jenkins was in there a handful of plays that looked terrible. Um, so if you take all that into account, uh, let's, let, let's go with a B. I'm going to actually go with – I'm going to go with an A for the D-line. Again, the defense the, – the defense wow. wasn't a huge problem in this one. They weren't. They put 10 – I mean, there were 10 quarterback hits, one of which were by Jerome Baker. The Dolphins had, what, four sacks on the day? Uh, and if you take a look at, at the drive chart for the 49ers, which is, is, is something I've been doing in the background here, just thinking about the game. First series, nine plays and 54 yards. They got, they got, had to settle for a field goal um, from the 29-yard line. Again, not devastating in that one. Second series, nine plays, 54 yards. Um, ended with a touchdown. But that's the one where on third and 10, there was that, yes, it's technically pass interference on Cater Co, who kept the 49ers on the field. Um, and they they didn't – they had to settle for the field goal there. Um, in, or they would have had to settle for a field goal attempt there. They got a touchdown. Third series, four plays, 19 yards. Fourth series, three plays five yards fifth series interception six plays 39 yards six series 11 plays 76 yards a touchdown um that's the one where um they had the pass interference enforced that was nonsense they wound up scoring right at the end of the half next series six plays 13 yards and a punt next series 12 plays, 39 yards. Next series, four plays, seven yards and a field goal. Like, 
that's a team where the defense had their back against the wall from the offense all day. And really, oh, six plays, 27 yards on the next series. Like Got it. these, these, these are 10 plays, 34 yards and a field goal. Like these are the stats you want to hear from your defense as far as these drives go. They really I, are. Yeah, when when you break it down like that, absolutely. I also think too there were a lot of missed tackles that kept drives going. There were uh, a couple, but I mean it, it's still those two drives where they scored touchdowns and they had the pass interference penalties and so many drives that were 20 yards or less and ended with a field goal. Like mm-hmm. it, or <clears throat> or a punt. Like I yeah. don't blame the defense in this one and I can't give them a, a low grade because of it it's it's Purdy didn't tear them apart Christian McCaffrey yeah he did some things in the receiving game they held him even with that 30 yard run to under four yards per carry a perfectly yeah. healthy ready to go Christian McCaffrey yeah and and uh, Jordan Mason had uh had two runs over 10 yards other, other than that he didn't do much so they had three runs basically but important runs I mean the McCaffrey one ices ices the game and also that um, 33 yard catch from McCaffrey in the first quarter is uh, one that's uh, again, reason that they put points on the board on that play. Duke Riley fell down. Um, so he gets docked for that. And so at the linebacker spot, uh, I'm going to go, I, I'm going to go with a C minus for the linebackers here. I, I was not, I, I felt they were, they were by far the weakest unit on the team. Uh, Jerome Baker got, got, um, caught in the wash a lot against the run uh, if, if you look at if you look at those three big runs bakers wiped out uh landon roberts did not step step up in the fourth quarter and provide the usual teeth he does on defense um and duke riley falls down on on the long uh, uh mccaffrey catch and in addition to that i it, and having the missed tackles that they had um I don't feel like any of them made plays throughout throughout the game at all. So, I, so, so I'm going to I'm going to go I'm going to go with the C minus for the linebackers. Yeah, no, you you threw the C minus already, but I, I'm I'm going to disagree with you on. I, I think Landon Roberts did have his worst game, and Duke Riley did fall down, but Duke Riley also made some very good plays in coverage, uh, including against Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Jerome Baker had what half a sack as well as a quarterback hit in this one. I saw him make some tackles and. Again, in, in that critical moment at the end of the game when your offense has had your back against the wall all day, the linebackers did get caught in over-pursuit on that play. They did. Um, and he got washed on a couple of run plays. But, again, he made 12 tackles on the day. It, it's um, That's not a horrible stat. Andrew Van Ginkle coming in to play that linebacker-edge hybrid came in, gets a half a sack, and another quarterback hit. Like, it's... I I don't feel the linebackers had this like again it's I still feel like I, I said at the beginning of this episode I don't put the onus on the defense even though San Francisco scored uh 26 points against the defense I, I really don't it, it's because a lot of those were very short drives that ended in field goals or were extended by a ticky tack penalty on the two drives but outside of that, the 49ers did not gash this defense. This, this playoff caliber team, I thought their, off, their offense looked pretty pedestrian. 
in this one, you limited George Kittle in this game to 22 catches, and that's partially the linebackers in coverage uh, or assisting in coverage. And again, it's something where I don't blame the defense for playing with their ass against the wall. Yeah, I really so, uh, yeah, the, the, the linebackers, um, yeah, it was not, still was not, still was not impressed by, um, and I also in the chat that it was, it was mentioned too here about Duke Riley. Yeah. I, I don't know why Duke Riley was so tasked with covering Christian McCaffrey as much as he was. I don't either, I, but he surprised me. Riley, overall, other than the fall down. If, yeah, I, 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 I thought this was one of his weaker games, but he, he, he had a tough task. I, I thought that should have been divvied up a little bit more. And, and I guess uh, with the defense, too, you look at the two touchdown catches. Um, you've got Christian McCaffrey, the, his touchdown right before halftime, and Kyle Juszczyk's touchdown. Yeah, they were short touchdowns, but way, 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 way too easy. Why are you playing in the end zone? on such a pass like that. So I I don't know. doesn't make, doesn't make a lot of sense. And partly because your offense has had your ass against the wall all day. You're starting most of your drives from, you know, four yards away from your side of the field, if not closer. Well, I I don't see how those two things are related, but I, I I understand what you're saying. They're, They're hugely related. They really are like starting with your back against the end zone and your offense going three and out a lot on the day or four or five and out um, or turning the ball over. As soon as you get off the field, it does have an impact. It, it really does. And, and, and I'm surprised it didn't have more of one in this one. It's that's something that you see great defenses start to fold up when they're on the field for 40 minutes and they're not giving up drives of more than 20 yards most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was surprised that the, the possession time was was that lopsided, and some of that has to do with um, the 49ers having drives of having three drives of longer than ten plays. But most of that obviously had to do with the Dolphins' offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, defense- and throwing the ball all day. The second that ball hits the turf, that clock stops. Yep, absolutely. And uh, so they they do need to run the ball a little bit more, even though I understand the temptation of having receivers open so often um defensive back i'll throw it to you again you limited pretty much all san francisco has a lot of weapons too on offense george kittle debo samuel brandon Ayuk, kyle juszczyk um those are the biggest weapons on on that offense and you know they are as far as receivers and tight ends go they were very limited in this one for what they are. And again, I don't have an issue with the secondary in this one. I can give the secondary, I can give that, I can also give them an A minus here. They weren't the problem today. Uh, I, I don't think the secondary was the problem either. I'll, I'll match you on the A minus. Um, Cause uh, look, I mean, you take a look at the big plays of the day. Um, Christian Mc- I, and I really felt like the first drive for the 49ers where they had the 33-yard catch to McCaffrey where Riley fell down, and they had the um, uh, Brandon Ayuk had a 23-yard catch just in the first drive. My theory is that Josh Boyer got a little bit more cautious um, throughout the game. 
after that to to a fault where there was a little bit too much cushion being given to these receivers when they had Brock Purdy a quarterback. Um, but no, I think I mean Xavier Howard to me is looking like the Xavier Howard of old. I mean uh, he, he he the bye week did did great things for him. He he did outstanding. He was called for a pass interference, which I thought was just. I just think interference needs to be so egregious, not just having your, your hand on the back of, of the receiver. That's and, and, and Kohu yet. Yeah, you, you may know that play a little bit better than I do. I, I thought that should not have been called either. Um, Javon Holland, I thought had one of his best days in a while. I thought he was more active. They were using him more on the blitz. Hopefully we see a lot more of that Eric Rowe almost caused a fumble. I thought it was a fumble at first turned out to be an incomplete pass. Um, uh, Keon Crossan was the guy way too deep in the end zone during the Christian McCaffrey touchdown. But other than that, I thought he had a solid day too. And yeah. I mean, Brock Purdy, 37 attempts, 210 yards, you know, so he's not completing a lot of passes. There were a lot of dump offs that kept the chains moving at times though. So um, special teams, Jason Sanders didn't miss a field goal again. So that's two weeks in a row. Certainly a good thing. Uh, Thomas Morstead had a punt that got returned, I think 26 yards. Not a, not a great moment there. Not Morstead's fault necessarily. Um, a punt return to Cedric Wilson is, it hasn't fumbled the ball. He just takes it and runs forward five or 10 yards. Personally, I'm fine with that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's, if there's any other special teams plays I forgot. Um, no, I, I mean, so. not really. Uh, there was that, Dumbass penalty for running out of bounds needlessly just to get downfield faster. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was <laughs> How do you do a big one. How do you do that? Yeah. I'm, I, yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Overall, there's a pretty uneventful day, I'd say. I, I don't know. B minus. Yeah. Uh, uh, I can go with a solid B here. It's, again, there were some mistakes, but special teams didn't cost us. Uh, Thomas Morstead averaged over 50 yards a punt. He had 61 air yards on one of the punts, which was insane. Um, but yeah, the, the, the other thing I'd say too, and it's something I forgot to bring up when we're talking about those two ticky tack or phantom pass interference penalties. If you're going to call those, there was a play, I believe it was in the second quarter where Jalen Waddle went to catch a ball by the sideline. It was above his head and out of bounds. He was fully extended. And I can't remember who it was from the 49ers, but came up and literally just blasted him. So he landed five yards out of bounds. And there was no call with, with all these defenseless receiver calls now and roughing calls and uh, unnecessary roughness. I mean, um, you would think if you're going to call that ticky tack of pass interference penalties, you're absolutely going to call a defenseless receiver and an uncatchable ball getting completely lit on the sidelines, a pass interference penalty. But again, that may just be me. And it looks like we may have lost cat here briefly. Um, so I'll go ahead and do my player of the game and my Coke bus player of the game for this one. As far as my Coke bus player of the game, look, I've got to give that Coke bus player to Jalen Waddle, or sorry, to a tongue of Iowa in this one. Um, a couple, there are a couple of can potential candidates for it. Um, but to his accuracy issue, I've made no secret about it this entire episode. Um, 
was the reason for the Dolphins losing this game. Uh, play calling could have been better. There were some things here and there that could have been better. But end of the day, his accuracy oh, throughout the day overall, even though he did throw for 295 yards, was a huge reason. So unfortunately, as great as two has been this season and how little I'm worried about him moving forward, um, he was the major reason why we lost this game. Um, aside from that, uh, again, it's very much a situation where for player of the game, I'm going to give that to Mr. Christian Wilkins, who is playing at not just a Pro Bowl level, but an all-pro level this season. He made plays all over the field, had 12 tackles, which is unheard of for a defensive lineman, and, and really got it done here. Um, and, and, and that's why I'm going to give him the Coke Bus player here. Um, while I'm sitting here talking about this, I do want to bring up while we wait for Cat to come back so he can give you his player of the game, give you his Coke Bus player of the game, et cetera. Um, the flex scheduling for Miami. We already knew that next weekend the Dolphins got flexed into primetime on Sunday night football. And that's going to be a great thing. I think we're all going to have fun with that, watching that. Uh, the following week, they got flexed into Saturday night for their contest against the Bills. And that's going to be the 8 p.m. game. That's also going to be nationally televised on NFL Network. Um, and then Miami plays again on Christmas Day against the Green Bay Packers. So this is not all do doom and gloom here moving forward. Um, but again, this is something where Miami needs to step it up and get it done. They win the next two weeks, as we pointed out at the beginning of the episode. Miami is in first place in the division. And again, that's, that's something for us all to be excited about here. We are talking about um, playoff football for the Miami Dolphins. Now, while we wait for Kat to come back, I'm going to turn to a couple of questions here in chat. Grandy, if you could help me find a couple here, that'd be a good thing. Um, Eric Pendleton, that Sherfield catch over the middle was awesome. I was so hyped to start this game. It looked like it was going to be a blowout, and there were receivers running wide open all day um, in, in this game for Miami, and, and the accuracy was the problem here. That's why I gave two of my Coke bus player. Um, no, Eric, you're, you're right. They did not play well enough to win, even though those penalties were killers. It's if, if Tua had his accuracy dialed in, um, we simply would have won this game, period. Um, I'm not going to touch a coaching grade there, Grandy. But, yeah, no, it, it's 100% a big thing where it was the accuracy issue. Um, okay, let's see, what else do we have here in chat? Uh, yeah, Eric Sanders has been kicking them right down the middle. That's something that after bashing him a couple of weeks ago was a good thing to see. And it looks like we've got Cat back. Cat, I went ahead and gave my player of the game and my Coke Bus player of the game. Uh, player of the game, I gave it to Mr. Christian Wilkins. Coke Bus player, no surprise. Tua Tongue of Iloa. Those are good ones. And, uh, I my apologies. My computer just went completely dead. It's, it's this thing where like 
it says that it's half the amount of power left and then it just shuts totally, off. So totally anyway. fine. No anyway, worries. So, we so as far that. as play, um, um, Coke bus player, of the game is, uh, you know, to a, uh, would have been up there for me. Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and give it to Jeff Wilson. Um, if yep. he even, if he doesn't miss one of those blocks, if he doesn't drop that 25 yard pass or he doesn't uh, fall down on to his interception, we could be talking about this being a little bit of a different ball game. Um, I expect him to rebound against the chargers defense. That is terrible um, at stopping the run. Um, my, my player of the game, because I have a rule, I don't give it to Tyree kill because I would give it to him every single week. So there's really no point to that. Uh, my player of the game is going to go to uh, Xavier Howard. Um, I, I, th- I think he had a fantastic game at his first interception. And I am very excited that the secondary, I, I, I think, has stabilized itself. Where a couple of weeks ago, well, weeks ago we were freaking out about, you know, Xavier Howard's injured. Uh, is Cater Co. who's injured? How is. Is this going to be a, a decent tandem? Well, it is a good tandem now. And I think Keon Crossan's put together a couple of decent games, too, as a third cornerback. Eric Rowe has looked more like the starting caliber player he was a couple years ago. And you've got Javon Holland back there. So I think the secondary is greatly improved, and uh, they need to keep that together in combination with the pass rush. So it's on to the Chargers. Paul, anything more to add before we sign off here? No, it's, it's like I said earlier, this felt like an aberration where – it wasn't a positive game, but they're easily fixable things that if you look at Miami consistently and by the numbers, I expect to correct themselves in a lot of ways, especially with big Eric Fisher playing right tackle moving forward. If And especially if we can get Teron Armstead back sooner than later, as uh, it sounds like we might. Even though I like the Fisher signing, I was concerned at the time that maybe Armstead, it was a sign that Armstead wasn't coming back soon. Word is Armstead may is, is supposed to He almost to be came limited. back for this game. Yep. He's, he almost came back for this game and was supposed to be limited or, or is going to be limited in practice this week, but is angling toward playing. So that's really, really encouraging there. And it's nice to have that depth at offensive tackle here moving forward. So that's going to do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins Chargers matchup here. Um, Dolphins Chargers on to the I'm already thinking <laughs> Dolphins 49ers lost 33 to 17 I'm Brian Cat NFL Paul's fanatic underscore pick follow us on Facebook Twitter all of our social media outlets as well as the fan side of network and finfanatic.com and if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side it is on the fin side Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.